Well, the White House certainly in celebration mode over the weekend after Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation apparently will result in no further indictments. No further indictments, including uh, the president himself and uh, his close associates, advisors, even uh, family members. Mueller said in a passage from the report that was quoted by the U.S. Attorney General William Barr that there was no evidence that Trump, quote, was involved in an underlying crime related to Russian election interference. And let's dig a little deeper on this. And for more, we're joined now by a political scientist from the University of Cincinnati and U.S. political commentator Brian Calfano joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brian, good to talk Hi, to you as good, always. Good to be with you. All right. Trump calls it total exoneration. Well, lawyers say the questions remain, particularly over the uh, issue of obstruction. Brian, just first off, uh, in your estimation, uh, who's got it right here? Is it somewhere in between? It is somewhere in between. I liken it to when you have a car accident and the insurance company comes along and says, okay, look, you were about 35% at fault here. The other person, the other party was about 65%. So you 35%, and we're not going to come after you that much for penalties, but you're not completely innocent in all of this. It's comparable negligence sort of thing. I think that fits with Trump in this case. So there's not enough evidence to push a collusion prosecution in regard to anything the president did. It doesn't mean that he didn't do anything to break the law. There's just not enough there, there, or evidence to push for a beyond reasonable doubt conviction. And as a prosecutor, that's something that I think a lot of people can kind of understand uh, why Barr and Mueller didn't want to go in that direction. But obstruction of justice, I mean, how you can conclude that there was nothing there uh, to me, it's a little bit mind-boggling, and it's raising all kinds of questions, as you know and as your listeners know, uh, as to how it could be that the attorney general could make such a conclusion based on what everyone basically could see unraveling from 2017 onward, which was at least in terms of the president's tweets an attempt to try to discredit an investigation that was ongoing. And so I don't know how he came to this conclusion. I think there was some discussion as to, well, you know, it's just a political thing. And, and of course it's a political thing. And that, the nature of our system is that it's a, a political thing. The attorney general is appointed by the president. Yes, confirmed by the Senate, but still it's a position that is subordinate to the president in the executive branch. So by definition, it's a political decision to have your subordinate say you're okay, Mr. President. But legally speaking, I don't understand the grounds because Barr saying, well, there's, there's no evidence of an underlying crime that the president was guilty of, therefore he couldn't obstruct justice. But I don't see how that's really a standard to begin with. You can still obstruct an investigation whether you're guilty of a crime or not. Okay, well, let me ask you then, Brian, uh, when we talk about the language of law, Trump supporters would argue that uh, the U.S. adheres to a rule of law where there exists a presumption of innocence. Uh So what what do you make of the Attorney General Bill Barr writing, uh, quote, the special counsel states that while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Exactly. And again, another sort of head scratcher. So he's not exonerated, meaning we couldn't find enough evidence to say that he's innocent, but therefore uh, you should have some doubt that maybe he was playing some bad games at the margins and we just couldn't get enough on him to do anything about it. Again, this goes back to, I think, the problem with coming out in 48 hours after you have the release from Mueller uh, with some kind of report from Barr saying this is sort of the definitive summary of what's going on. And it's a reason why any free-thinking person, whether they're on the left or the right, should want to see the details and want to see as much of this Mueller report as 
is possible to be released. Yeah, what, what's the word there, Brian, by the way? Are we hearing whether or not the complete unredacted report will be uh, released, or is that just something that's up in the air still we don't know? It's up in the air, but I expect in the end you're going to get most of it released. I think from a privacy standpoint, if, if there are some third parties that have been mentioned in the original report that they, their identities should be protected for, for reasons that they were just bystanders in a lot of what was going on and what was investigated. I think that will be redacted. But I think the Democrats who control the power of the purse in the, in the House, right? So anytime you have the, the administration coming to ask for money on Capitol Hill, that has to begin with the House of Representatives, controlled by the Democrats. And so a lot of these folks, including Barr, will be in front of the House committee next month asking for their fiscal year 2020 appropriations. So there's definitely a cause and effect here. Basically, if you want us to give you more money or to give you enough money to fund your DOJ operations, Mr. Attorney General, you're going to have to play ball with us and release as much of this report as possible. But I don't know if the report itself is even the end of this. It's sort of like I said at the beginning with this comparable negligence idea. Basically, yes, Mr. President, you've done some things that are wrong. At, at the very least, you're guilty of being surrounded by a bunch of people during your campaign who were shady actors. I mean, you, you can't get away from that fact. That's already been proven in the court of law. Paul Manafort sitting in prison as a result of that. Michael Flynn's probably going to jail as well. You have these folks that the president surrounded himself with, in the case of Flynn, was actually part of his administration, who are in jail for doing things that are illegal regarding foreign power, regarding Russia, for example. And so the idea that the president is completely exonerated from all of this is nonsense. He might be exonerated from a direct... A charge of being in collusion with Vladimir Putin or the Russian government. But there's enough collateral evidence to suggest that he is guilty of very poor decision-making at the very least. So okay. this is not an exoneration of him in any form whatsoever. I wanted to also ask you about another competing narrative that kind of emerged this weekend, Brian. And we got one side saying that this was an important investigation and that the Justice Department, the justice system, did its job. It functioned here. Trump and his allies, they continue to call this whole thing a complete and total witch hunt, of course. So at the end of the day, was this a necessary or worthwhile process, do you think, for the U.S. to go through? 100% necessary. And the reason for that is because the president himself is so sloppy and careless with what he does. Even if you give him the benefit of the doubt completely and say he's innocent, he's just guilty of trying to protect his interests to the point of making himself look like he did something wrong. <laughs> In other words, he's so defensive. At any time you raise any kind of question, he just goes crazy with Twitter. He goes crazy with saying things in the Oval Office to the Soviet ambassador that he shouldn't say about getting rid of former FBI Director Comey and because he was investigating him and he was nuts and everything else. If you give him the benefit of the doubt that there was no real uh, sinister motive behind any of that, the president is still guilty of signaling some possible bad things that, that he may have done. And so to not investigate that to simply give that a pass because it would look like a partisan investigation against the president is just in our system of government in Canada's system of government it's impossible to have that as a threshold things will look political they will look as though they are of a partisan nature that's part of our process in these democracies that you've got these competing interests these competing parties going against each other but there still has to be a sense of accountability with elected officials and the rule of law and if that means that you have an investigation that some size some people on one side say it's partisan. That's just par for the course. But the media coverage of, of what was going on, the investigation itself, both of which may have fallen into a little bit of excess in terms of pushing a narrative the president was going to be going to jail and all these other sorts of things, may be excessive in some ways, but 100% necessary 
And we should always be ready for these kinds of investigations, because otherwise we can't hold these officials accountable in any effective way. All right. Just finally, I think we're some 500 plus days away from the next presidential election. Do you think what we've seen here and when we finally see the Mueller report, is it likely to result in substantive change? Uh, How will it, do you think, influence the 2020 election, if at all? Great question. And of course, that's where the crystal ball comes out and trying to figure this whole thing out. I think really a mistake for the Democrats if they think they're going to make this a big issue for the 2020 presidential campaign. It's one thing to make it a campaign issue for House races where you've got about a million people in each district and it's a very localized race compared to the rest of the country. If the Democrats think they're going to make this issue at this point a national issue to run on and to make this something that they're going to somehow change the mind of rural voters in the middle of the country who voted for President Trump in 2016, they're dead wrong. The issues for 2020 are going to be much like the issues were for 2016, basically the economy and health care. Yeah, but and do you think economy, something like a change, uh, will Trump have, be forced to finally release his financial records so you can see what sort of ties he may or may not have to Russia and how he can be influenced? Are we going to see that kind of change, do you think? No, I highly doubt it. This, is, this finding of no collusion has given the president just what he needed to push the idea of saying, uh, I'm exonerated, even though he's not entirely, as we just talked about. I'm not going to release anything. He will claim executive privilege and not release those tax records to the House committees. It's unclear even if those tax records would give us the information we're looking for anyway about it dealing with Russia. And so it, it's, a, it's an ongoing saga, unfortunately, for people who are really disillusioned with politics because it makes everything look dirty and shady and sinister. Unfortunately, that's where we are as, as a country at this point. But I don't know that the Democrats are smart to make this a main issue for 2020. It's the economy and health care and hopefully no national security issues come up between now and then. We don't need any terrorist attacks or wars. Uh, but if we're just focused on the usual meat, potatoes, economy, and health care issues, those are things that Democrats have to kind of go against the president with. And, and they're going to have a hard time because the economy right now is doing pretty well. All right. Got to leave it there. Brian Calfano at the University of Cincinnati. Brian, I always enjoy the conversation and appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jeff.